Yo, this is Rob Harvilla from 60 Saws That Explain the 90s, the world's greatest loopy and perverse and inaccurately named music nostalgia podcast. We're doing 90 songs now because there's too many songs. Pearl Jam, Jay-Z, Jewel, U2, Cher, Hootie. These are just some of the names people yell at me on the internet because we're back. More great songs, more rad special guests, more loopy perversity. Join us once more on 60 Songs That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. And today it is Power Hour. Every Wednesday we are power ranking something. And today we are power ranking. We're re-ranking the top 12 quarterbacks for the rest of the season. Because we were like, who are the top 12 quarterbacks? We'll get to that. We also have a guest today. Rare for us. We have Tyler Dunn, who wrote a book about NFL tight ends. It's called... The blood and guts is about the history of the tight end position. And in a completely unhinged, roundabout way, we inspired his book. Kind of. Asterisk on we that. You'll hear about it, it later. Somewhat. We, in- yeah. we incepted the book. That's a We way incepted to put it. the book. They're playing Tom Tom Club on Monday Night Football all the time. Our reach is wide right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You can't measure cultural impact, thank God, because it'd be very low. But we can pretend. So we're going to get to all that. But first, uh, I want to just talk about the quarterback position writ large, which is kind of like why we wanted to do this episode we were in person last week we were in la and we were talking about quarterbacks and i think i don't remember exactly how it germinated but basically <laughs> we were talking and it's like for like i don't know five years 20 years however you want to count i feel like it's late round quarterback has been a smart thing to do yeah and just wait on quarterback wait on quarterback you can draft a quarter who cares what you get i feel like in my anecdotally in my leagues everyone is josh allen or jalen hurts is in first or second dk is <laughs> right is late round quarterback as a concept dead I don't think it's dead. I think this year it's not really working. I, I think there's a, there's a like there's a difference between those two concepts. The idea that it's dead, maybe this year it's dead, but next year maybe things go back to normal a little bit. Maybe we have better passing. I think the big thing is this year passing is down for uh, like pretty much every quarterback. All quarterbacks are bad now, except for like four or five guys. And so what we're seeing really is the. Like before, you used to be able to get a really good passer later in the draft, like an older veteran like Aaron Rodgers or something. He'd still be like the QB eight. What Matt Ryan used to be. 250 yards, two touchdowns a game. Which would make up for, I guess, the advantage of having a rushing quarterback in the early rounds. Like instead of reaching on one of those guys, you can just wait and take a passer who's going to throw for 40 touchdowns or whatever. And it's like kind of, it. It's a, it's a wash more or less. And that's why you get value later on. This year, it's like, 
there's no good quarterbacks in that area. There's no good late round quarterbacks really. And so um, I just think everything is kind of changed at least this year. And maybe we'll see the pendulum swing back next year, but I, I wouldn't say it's dead. I just think this year it's not working. Craig, when you look at your teams where you don't have a top six quarterback, do you just regret everything? Well, I'm such a skilled drafter that the rest of my players are good. So it's not really a problem <laughs> for me. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, I think the thing about quarterback, the quarterback position in fantasy football was like DK just said, you know, the later round guys were the guys who were just like the clean pocket passers who could get you 18 fantasy points a game, right? They could actually put up 250 yards, two touchdowns every week. Now, the guys who are running are also the guys who most consistently get you 250 yards yeah. and two touchdowns a week. So it's just yeah. this elite group of people at the top of the Josh Allens, Lamar, Hertz, Mahomes. All these guys are mobile quarterbacks, but who are also still just as consistent as any other quarterback uh, in the passing game. So right now, uh, the teardrop after the, the elite guys in fantasy football in fantasy football feels bigger than it's ever been. Yes, the bottom has come out. The bottom has completely dropped. And there's a great stat. Ben Gretsch is a great newsletter. He's a sub stack. Stealing signals. Stealing signals. And Ben Gretsch had this great note in his newsletter this week, which was every single year for the last five years, there are 11 quarterbacks, at least, at least 11, have had 21 points per game. Fantasy points wow. per game. Tw- at least 11 guys have had 21 yeah. fantasy points per yeah. game. This year, it's less than half that. It's like five guys. Like like three years ago, it was like 16 quarterbacks were broaching that. So the bottom's fallen out at a position that we keep saying to wait on. And I think big picture, the, there was really only more or less two reasons we said wait on quarterback. It was one, it was actually kind of hard to predict who would be the number one fantasy quarterback at the end of the year. Like it wasn't actually mm-hmm. that easy. And then two, the gap wasn't that big between the number one quarterback in the 10th or the number two in the 12th. Like it wasn't that big of a difference. Both those things have changed. It's become much, much easier to predict who the top quarterbacks will be. I don't know if that's because people are better at math. I think it's probably mostly because the rushing quarterbacks are just more consistent. And Josh Allen is getting a fifth of his points on the ground. Jalen Hurts is like almost half his points are in rushing. And like, that's just more consistent of a stat. And then also, as we just said, the gap is just bigger now, or at least it feels that way between number one and 10. So like, as we were doing this, this exercise of like, we all re-ranked our top 12, really we ranked top 20 and we took our composite top 12. And I, I felt this way going in. And then when I looked at our rankings, it was true. The top seven is the easiest thing in the world. Like ranking the top seven fantasy guys for the rest of the season, I thought was more or less really easy. And then everyone after eight, I felt like you could have done eight through 20 and then taken the order, flipped it around, done 20 through eight. And I would have looked at your rankings and be like, yeah, sure. That's yeah. fine. That makes sense. The rest are gut calls. It, it, it yeah. feels like it, it's, it's a vibes check. It's total vibes after after seven. So I yes. uh, so we could go through this again. So we're re-ranking the top quarterbacks for the rest of the season going forward. We're doing this power hour style. So we're going to go every two minutes. And after two minutes, you'll hear Kai, our Assistant producer here will play this sound. Tom Tom Club. It's a great song. <laughs> it's just a bomb. It really is. It's a great song. And yeah, so we're going to re-rank our top 12. We'll go through one. Go right off the bat here. Kai, you can start the clock. Number one, this was super easy. It's Josh Allen for the Bills. This was consensus. The only unanimous pick we all had. This is the only unanimous? Wow. How are we going to fill two minutes on why Josh Allen's number one? I think we can just sing his praises. It's so obvious that all I had written down here is that Josh Allen leads all quarterbacks in fantasy points, but he was on by last week, which is pretty nuts. He's averaging 29 fantasy points per game. Uh, last year, he was the QB one with 24 points per game, 2020, 25 points per game. So he's he's even better than ever. Like he's just absolutely going ban- uh, bananas. I, I almost combined bonkers and bananas. Um, 17 touchdowns, four picks. <laughs> 257 yards and two scores on the ground. He's, he's averaging six rushing fantasy points per game, which is great. It's like built built in little floor there, but he's also one of the best passers in the NFL. I don't like, honestly, there's not a lot to say about here. 
And he's consistent. He, he, the worst game of the season, fantasy-wise, is 24 points. That is the, that is the, his worst game is what the number two quarterback in the league is averaging. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And he's super fast. What else do we got? Fast we're, run, we're running out of steam here. He, he was definitely the QB1 in 2020. I'm double-checking. Yeah, I just checked like that he was. Idiot. Did they ever do this on PTI where they just like both kind of come to a conclusion? <laughs> there's 20 yeah, seconds just, left. What do we like, do here? Is there anybody you would even think about trading? Like, there's, If you have Josh Allen, there's no world where you can even trade him away. It, it starts to feel like when you have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, his relative value is just too high. Unless someone wants to trade you like for Jalen Hurts or something. Or trade no. you Jalen Hurts for him plus someone. In that case, I'd maybe consider it. Yeah. You know how, you know how like when you live in a major city, you sometimes you get like kind of blinded by you get you get used to like the rent inflation and you get used to how expensive everything is. And then one day you actually move out of the city and you're like, oh my God, I, this is so much better. <laughs> to me, that's like drafting like a top three quarterback in the league. For years, all you've been hearing about is how late round QB is the move. My friend Chris did this this year. He finally just said, screw it, spent $60 on Josh Allen. And he's like, I got to tell you, it feels phenomenal. Feels phenomenal. Like, <laughs> I'm never doing this again. Why did people live in cities? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, number two here. Jalen Hurts for the Eagles, which again, he's ahead of Kyler Murray in fantasy points. Jalen Hurts had a bye last week, still ahead of Kyler Murray. This is the other person that I feel like anecdotally, if you just kind of look around your league, you're like, if you have Jalen Hurts, you're probably doing great. He's just been fantastic. My question here is how come Craig did not rank him number two? This is the only discrepancy here. Craig, Heifetz and I had him number two. Craig had... Craig had Mahomes at three. I mean, it's, it's quibbling. I think the crazy thing about Hurts is, I believe more than 40%... 45% or so of his points are from just straight up rushing, mm -hmm. which is yeah. nuts. And for some of the later guys, you kind of almost have to use like strength of schedule as a tiebreaker. With Jalen Hurts, it's like, I don't care. Also, they have that running stat, which is insane. I, I don't know if it's still going, but they had the most, the, the amount of points the Eagles have in the second quarter is more than any team has scored in any quarter for the first six weeks of a season, like period. You, you're, you're obsessed with these quarter stats, I've noticed. You love to like figure out how many points someone is scoring within two minutes of the last you know, half or whatever. I just like, it's just so, so meaningless to me. I'm obsessed with stats that have never been done. Jalen Hurts scores as many points rushing alone than Matt Stafford does per game total. Oh, Jesus. The only reason why I have Hurts slightly below as third and Mahomes at second is I'm just doing like, I'm, I'm, I'm it's a, it's a legacy thing. It's yeah. Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes. I Mahomes is Mahomes. Yeah. Also, Mahomes is scoring point. 0.07 less points than Hertz this year. They're essentially tied. And yeah. I don't know. Do I think it, what's more likely that Hertz drops off and collapses or Mahomes drops off and collapses? I think it's more likely that Hertz does. So I'm sticking with Mahomes. I think it's, right. he's a little bit more consistent. That's well, fair, on that's that fair. note, our next guy here, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. My own, I think the only Just question here. Burden right through Tom Tom. Didn't even do it. How dare you? Disrespect. I kind of figured Tom -tom. we could. There it is. Yeah. I kind of just figured we could drop it, but you outed me. It's okay. One thing I wanted to add on Hurts, second in the NFL in rushing touchdowns among all players, not just quarterbacks. Like, only Chubb has more touchdowns. Okay, go ahead. Heifetz? It's not a loss here. <laughs> I don't even know. Mahomes? It's just disrespect. We never disrespected Tom Tom that way. That was just different. I figured once in our life we could be early. I thought it was fine. But we have Mahomes third here. And again, it's. I think the only question is, is Mahomes in this tier with Josh Allen and Hurts? Is Josh Allen in his own tier? Because Mahomes, I think we were a little worried about the Chiefs offense and then they woke up. And I think that in the big, like even the first month or so, we were like, no Tyree Kill is the Chiefs going to be okay. And then the Chiefs 
more or less have emphatically proved that they were okay. I mean, they're like arguably better this year than they were last year. It's ridiculous. I mean, the first game of the season, we were like, oh, no Tyree kill. Mahomes put up 35 fantasy points. So <laughs> Mahomes is averaging 24 fantasy points a game this year. In 2021, 24 points. In 2020, 24 points. So wow. Wow. the Tyreek thing, not a problem. Also, and that's he has, why he's my number two guy. I think this is fair. He has 32 completions of 20 plus yards, NFL best. Like the Tyreek Hill thing, Tyreek Hill certainly matters, but he, they've done such an incredible, incredible job of basically just carrying on without him and not really losing a step too much. Um, Mahomes has 20 touchdowns this year, which is NFL best. He has no, he's number one in the NFL in passing yards. What else well, do you want? It's like, I feel like Tyreek Hill is really good on a mediocre team with a mediocre quarterback. And to me, that's what like Miami is, right? Because you can tailor the entire offense around Tyreek and all you get. And, and then any quarterback, Atua can hit Tyreek when he's wide open. Mm-hmm. I think what, what, what Mahomes can do without him is so impressive because it allows, it almost unrestricts, uh, Mahomes, if you know what I mean, like there's now no need to give Tyreek Hill right. 10, 12 targets a game. Mahomes can just do whatever he wants. And we've seen that when he's able to do that, he's just as good as if he has Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I think that sharing the ball between Juju and MVS and Mikkel Hardman, we were like, yeah, sure. And then like, it's actually happened the last three weeks. Like it actually, like Juju has been getting going. Hardman at the three touchdowns. We're like, okay, they're getting their juice. And also, Andy Reid's just incredible. Like, yeah. Andy, like yeah. this was my big thing coming into the year with Juju and all these guys. Andy Reid's never had a bad offense. He's had like two in 21 years, basically. Like Andy Reid is insane. Look at that. There we go. Right on the money. Okay. Next one here. We have Lamar Jackson for the Ravens, who also, this is incredibly obvious, but Lamar is Lamar. I think the only question here is like everything with the Ravens feels a little harder. Like the Chiefs, it looks easy. The Eagles, it looks easy for Jalen Hurts. Obviously the Bills and Josh Allen, it looks incredibly, incredibly easy. Uh, Lamar, everything he does looks hard. And that's my only complaint, really. But otherwise, he's Lamar. And he feels like, I would actually argue the last guy that I'm uh, like very confident in on the week to week. We can defer him where that goes. But well, It's funny you say week to week because he's actually pretty boom bust. Uh, right. He hasn't scored more than 15 points since week three in fantasy. That's 15 fair. points. Uh, I, I have him fifth. I had Burrow before him, but... I just, I don't love the pass catchers. He doesn't need to be great for them to win. Like, he, it, it's just, they run the ball really well. Some, if, if it's a Gus Edwards day or if it's a J.K. Dobbins day, like, I feel like Lamar needs to have 80 yards and a rushing touchdown to kind of give you an elite fantasy day. And that's the only reason why I had him fourth. I just feel like he's a little boom bust right now. I was listening to the uh, the Fantasy Points podcast the other day, and, and they have Greg Cosell on every week to talk, you know, scheme and, and all that big high-level stuff. And... I had I don't know if I'd ever really had it distilled this simply before this week, but he was talking about how the Ravens, their passing game, and every NFL offense for the most part, like on the vast, vast majority of plays, has like five eligible receivers, right? The the Ravens almost by default usually only have four. They have Patrick Ricard, yeah. who is their fullback. He plays like 70% of the snaps. And he has eight targets in seven games. So he's basically just he's taking up space on the field when he's, when they're in their passing game, it's a huge detriment to their passing game. It's like, he's like the mountain from game of Thrones, Patrick Ricard. When I watch the Eagles, I'm like, why don't the Ravens do this stuff? Like, can you imagine for one moment if Lamar Jackson had five real receivers and like was in shotgun, Like, can you imagine if they were spread out like the way the Cardinals run, you know what I mean? I'm not saying the Cardinals offense is great, but it's always weird to me. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah. So to me, like I, I had the same note, Craig, he's very hot and cold. I think the passing game is still very hit or miss. Obviously, he has that floor. He has, he's averaging nine rushing, 
uh, points per game. So that's, you know, his floor as a, as a quarterback is just really solid, but um, his ceiling is, is very volatile. You know what I mean? And so um, that's the only reason he's not above these other guys. Obviously he has the potential to score like 50 points in any given game. But I think the the Ravens' offense is just frustrating to watch at times, and I, I think it's not like Lamar is is blameless, but he's certainly missing a guy like Marquise Brown, who is having an incredible, incredible year prior to getting hurt. So um, that would be, yeah, I think I almost put Burrow above him too, because I think you know Burrow is trending in the right direction, whereas Lamar is very sort of he's just plateauing right now. Yeah, the next guy we had, we had Joe Burrow at fifth for the Bengals. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good the first three weeks. We were like, what's going on with the Bengals offense? And then they went back to kind of what Burrow did in college. Like he's in shocking all the yes. time now and he's just throwing the ball. They like look way more in sync. So, Craig, you actually had Burrow above Lamar. DK, it sounds like you almost forget not putting Burrow above Lamar. I still have Lamar above Burrow. I mean, it's just close. You know what I mean? It's like, just, yeah, it's yeah. it's hard. Tomato, tomato. He's just he's just so consistent. I just I, I think he's the most other than. Other than Josh Allen and Mahomes, he's the most consistent passer in the league right now, right? I mean, if you go and look at his yes. line throughout the yes. season, uh, you know, 16 points is his lowest fantasy outing. The last two weeks, he's put up 39. Week before that, 32. He has games of 22, 23, 20. Even when the year started and they went down 0-2 to Pittsburgh and Dallas, like he's still he's still getting his numbers. He's almost like the old school, what DK was talking about, about like the late round guy, the Matt Ryan you can get, where yeah. kind of no matter what, he's going to get you 250 and two touchdowns. Yeah. And that's kind of where Burrow's in right now for me. So after they oh, lost so, their they lost their first two games, and then I think they started to adjust and change their offense. And, and like Heifetz mentioned, they basically are now running just a spread offense, right? Like let Burrow do his thing, a bunch of vertical, you know, routes, throw it up, let it, let the receivers do their thing. Uh in the last five weeks, in the last five games, he's the QB two, second only to Josh Allen in points per game. So I mean, he has 12 touchdowns, one pick plus three rushing touchdowns. I don't know if the rushing touchdown thing is gonna last, but um, I think this passing thing is here to stay. Certainly, this passing thing with Burrow, yeah, no, it, it, the way they it looked incredible. <laughs> but yeah. I think that that's that's the thing. We're kind of coming down to the downturn. But again, these are like the easy guys, and like these, you throw these guys, and these are the guys that if you have, you're feeling very confident about. Even though Burrow probably started a little slow, and then as we kind of go to this next group here, I think it's also guys that are in the top seven, but like you're not as excited about them if you have them. So. The next guy we've got here, Kyler Murray for the Arizona Cardinals, who is clearly in this group, except if you have him, you're not very happy with him. Like you should, right. it's kind of like you should appreciate what you have, but you don't. He's almost in a tier of his own where you you kind of have to include him with these guys, the, the Lamars and the Burrows, but he doesn't spiritually feel like he belongs. Uh, I'm doing it because obviously he's got the rushing upside. Yeah, the, I, I, the Cardinals kind of can't be worse. They got DeAndre Hopkins back, and that's not. That, what's our rule of the season? It could always be worse. <laughs> it's true, but they just got DeAndre Hopkins back. The Cardinals actually are very different with DeAndre. They've averaged twenty-seven offensive points a game with him, eighteen without him. It's pretty big. Nine points a game with DeAndre Hopkins. He immediately made an impact last week. Wait for Kyler or the real life Arizona Cardinals? The real life Arizona Cardinals score twenty-seven offensive points per game with DeAndre, eighteen without him. Wow. Well, is that because they have like? 20 total points in the first half this year as an offense. I'm sure that plays a factor, yes. But, you know, I, Kyler's kind of one of those things where you don't feel great about it, but it's like, don't watch the, the game, just check the stat line. Yeah, this, that's perfect. He's the QB6 right now in points per game. He has seven touchdowns this year. Seven passing touchdowns, I should say. He has two rushing touchdowns too, but seven passing touchdowns, that's the same number of passing touchdowns as Davis Mills, Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, who has literally exactly half 
the number of completions as Kyler Murray does this year. That's even surprising. I would have said he had less than half. (laughs) (laughs) Here's where there's a massive teardrop in vibes. Burrow, vibes are amazing. Arizona, Vibes are awful. Like Thursday Terrible. Night Football. Did yeah. you see Kyler scream at Cliff? First of yeah. all, since DK says I'm obsessed with Did we with see it? Dancing. It was like zoomed into like Matt. Like oh, yeah. they couldn't have zoomed in That's any good. further on this. Why are you like obsessed, pixelated? You, you were so zooming? zoomed in. I want to see his <laughs> Kyler Murray. Being, he's he's short. Clips. I get it. You don't have to zoom in like right to his face on every shot. That's all I'm saying. First quarter this year, the Cardinals opponents have 48 points and the Cardinals have six. So I don't know what Cliff Kingsbury is doing. Yeah, I was going to say, he's Kyler's the, the garbage time king, and that's actually sometimes kind of nice in fantasy. This is what Jalen Hurts was last year. It's like they have to turn it on in the second half, so they just start passing like all over the place. He has to start running around a bunch, which is great for fantasy, yeah. obviously. Um, he had 12 rushes in the first three weeks combined, and he has 33 rushes in the four weeks since. He's been running a lot more lately. Um, basically, only Fields, Lamar, and Hurts have more rushes over the last month. Than, uh, than Kyler. So that's a great sign, you know, for fantasy anyway. Next up here, and rounding out the tier of the very obvious, is Justin Herbert for the Chargers. We have him seventh. This is the last obvious guy. And honestly, like Kyler, I think he's here somewhat by ceremony and default. Like, he has legitimately been good at fantasy this year, but he wasn't like the prince that was promised. I don't know if he's been legitimately good at fantasy this year, but... The best thing, he's in this group. Is he? 17 points per game, ranks eighth this year. 12 touchdowns, four picks. Yes, but he's not, he, I mean, he, he's really under-delivered. Right. Absolutely. No, I'm not, yeah, I'm not arguing that, yes. To reiterate, it's a combo of everything because he's been so disappointing, but he has the rib injury. And again, rib, they're not, the rib injuries don't heal like that. He's not going to be healthy all season. I think you can see it when he plays. The offensive line, their best offensive line, or really their best two offensive linemen have been hurt, and they already had the worst red tackle in football. And they have a slow team, so he can't throw downfield because he can't wait long enough for those guys to get open. They don't have a quick game. Keenan Allen's been gone. Like, this whole thing has kind of conspired to be bad, and really, it's just like by the grace of God and Austin Eckler, like, this offense has kind of been fine. But, (laughs) no, Herbert's been incredibly disappointing, and they're trying to treat him like he's Drew Brees, and he's not Drew Brees. He's, like, bigger and better. I think LA fans really hate Lombardi at this point, their OC. But I think this is another example. He's also hurt. Yeah, he's hurt, but this is another example to me of like receivers matter. You know what I mean? Like Keenan Allen has been gone almost the entire season. They don't have much speed on offense. Um, you know, and obviously Mike Williams has been good, but he's hurt now. So I don't know if this is necessarily going to get much better or it might get a lot worse. Are we ranking this too high? Because Mike Williams now Possibly, has a high Possibly, but like who are you going to put spring? over him? You know what I mean? That's the thing. I have him eighth and I we can get to the next guy or when we get to, I, I put somebody ahead of Herbert. I, I don't love anything. I, I don't see how this gets better. Since he got hurt, he's the QB 16. Just what 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 is going to get better about Justin Herbert this season? So this is where I think there's a, a very obvious teardrop, and this is where it gets very controversial quickly. Next guy, we have Tua Tungo Vailoa for the mm-hmm. Dolphins. This surprises me. I was obviously much lower on him than you guys were. Deacon, I have him eleventh. Craig has him seventh, but that kind of goes to the disparity. Craig, you have Tua over Herbert rest of the season. Yeah, uh, Tua has. The two fastest wide receivers in the league, and <laughs> Justin Herbert probably has the three slowest. I mean, yeah. two is only That's played. actually probably true. You're yeah. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> That's kind of funny. And as long as Tua can stay on the field, I, I like, I love what they do offensively. I mean, we've only really seen him play like two and a half full games, and one of them he put up 40 points against Baltimore. I just think this team's going to throw a lot. He has the two fastest wide receivers in the league. The the ceiling seems just so much higher to me as Tua and Mike McDaniel get more comfortable w- with one another. The offense gets better. Tua stays healthy. 
I, I, I just think the ceiling is higher than Herbert, and I think the floor is is the same. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're certainly correct that he has a high ceiling with this offense and with these two receivers. To me, I guess the reason I put him a little bit lower is because I am a little bit afraid of the floor. Maybe this is just more, you know, uh, I think just because of the concussion thing that happened, obviously that that makes me nervous. And the fact that they've had multiple quarterbacks get hurt like early in games like, like Skylar Thompson got hurt after like two plays um you know Teddy was forced to leave the game after a couple like one series it's just I think it's just too fresh in my memory that that has all kind of happened and they've had this you know uh carousel of different quarterbacks so maybe that's why I'm worried about this but I do think your argument about the upside is definitely true that they could score 40 points in any given game also I can't I couldn't get it out of my head watching this remember the four dropped interception that the Steelers should have had on Sunday Night football yeah. and I kept thinking about all these series that should have ended and i agree i still have Tua as in this top 12 i just think that that was a really flawed performance this is his first game back rust whatever whatever and obviously who knows what's going on with him right now but i i i agree with craig in that Tua just feels like if we were redrafting for the rest of the season i absolutely would be taking Tua over a lot of the guys that we have behind them even if they're like insanely controversial so the next one we have here, and a guy I think is underrated, it's, I have Kirk Cousins, and we have him ninth. I actually have him eighth. Uh, so I, the Vikings were on by this week. Dude, I think the Vikings offense is fine, and it's they put up points, and Kirk, people like to make fun of him, but in such like a mediocre year. <laughs> I think Kirk, kind of like what Craig was saying, where I was like, oh, Lamar's steady Eddie, and you're like, is he streaky? Kirk is like streaky, and I kind of just feel like he's going to have like this hot stretch coming up i feel like the vikings especially relatively speaking in like the money weeks of the playoffs it's weird now with this with the 18 week season what fantasy playoffs now generally speaking i think a lot of people do it three weeks like fifth week 15 16 17 vikings actually kind of have a pretty solid schedule for those three weeks a lot of players actually have a bad one no one really has a great schedule but i just overall think jefferson Thielen, they're coming off the bye like you could just do so much worse than kirk cousins right now Everyone, it's not even that he's gotten better. Everyone else has dropped. There's some sort of effect here happening where everybody perpetually, consistently, every single year just underrates Kirk Cousins. I don't know why it is, but it's it's a thing. It's because he doesn't win you weeks. You're never like, right. God, thank God I started Kirk Cousins this week. He's he's <laughs> fine. I I I don't have him this. I have him lower. I have him 13th. But I don't like because what I've just said, like you can do worse. When I'm ranking my ninth quarterback for the rest of the season, I don't want to be saying about him. You could do worse. I, I still am going to chase a little bit of like upside. Mm. And to me, Kirk has zero. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I hear what you're saying, but I think that the crazy thing I've come to realize is I actually kind of wonder if he's more upside than the guys behind him. And that's kind of the nuts thing for he's him. He's got one game over 20 points this year. Yeah. I mean, he's fine. He's going to get you 17 a week. I don't know if I want that as my ninth <laughs> guy, but maybe I I guess it's a, it's a, it's a choice. His bad games were against... It's, Good defenses. Yes. Like his week two, he was terrible as the Eagles. And we now see the Eagles as one of the best defenses in the NFL. And he wasn't great against the Saints, but not many people are great against the Saints. Otherwise, he's kind of he's kind of done really well. So we'll see. Next one we got here. Shout out Tom Tom Club. We have Geno Smith for the Seahawks. Ten. Yeah. My gut based on the season is this is too low. He should be higher. In reality, I, I don't know if this is too high. Yeah, DK, you got him eighth. You could convince me he should be 18th. Where like, why'd what? you put him eighth, DK? Come on. I'm just saying. I have him 15th. So, I'm DK, we can, we can spar here. That's the thing. Huge, dis <laughs> okay. huge discrepancy. In so, Gino. he is the number seven QB so far. Uh -huh. I guess you're assuming that he just falls off a cliff and turns back into a pumpkin. Is that, like, the main argument? No. Well, they he run more what? with Kenneth Walker. 
He had one big game against the Lions. Other than that, look at his numbers. I mean, he's a game manager. They're a balanced team. I don't know what his ceiling is. DK Metcalf is hurt. I j- he's, I, I think he's a better real-life quarterback than a fantasy football quarterback. He had, That's the you, argument. You know, he had like 35 points against the, the Lions, as every quarterback does. And after that, he's been pretty whatever. I just think the other guys that you have higher than him are like way worse, though. Like to me, this is like I, I, I think it is the exact same argument we're having about Kirk Cousins, where Geno Smith, maybe his upside isn't there, but like he's just better. He's playing better than pretty much everybody else on this list right now. And I think the Seahawks offense is really clicking. He looks extremely, extremely confident. Pretty much every metric that we use for quarterbacks. He's like a top 10, top eight quarterback this year. Um, and the Seahawks, by the way, are relatively pass happy this this season. So I don't know. That's That would be my pitch. But I, like I again, it's a philosophical thing. Like I, I have questions about the guys you have ranked above him. <laughs> Put it that way. I have questions as, as polite as DK is going to get. I have questions about the guys. Means he's like, well, you're fucking wrong. That's what DK means. I, I definitely am Geno pilled and I think he's been playing really well, but I don't really see how he starts just all of a sudden falling off a cliff. Like based on how he's been playing, he's just the offense is really working for him. The Seahawks are pretty balanced. Uh, now they have a really good run game going on with uh, Kenny Walker. And so I don't know. I just think he's going to continue to do what he's doing. And right now it's QB seven. Well, the next guy we've got here is Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars, which I think fits right in this where I, I think if, if you, I like Lawrence, I'm actually, I got him ninth because again, to what Craig said, I actually do think Trevor Lawrence is upside. He also runs more like the, the Jaguars yeah. QB sneak him so much. DK, you have Tr- Geno Smith five spots ahead of Trevor Lawrence and Craig has Trevor Lawrence four spots ahead of Geno Smith. <laughs> Which I think kind of sums up this Reflect. whole exercise. Like yeah. a net nine spot gap fight. Yeah. I think, well, with Trevor Lawrence, when you look at how he's done this year, he to me is the opposite of Geno Smith. Geno Smith has been game managing properly, winning games. The Seahawks are overperforming. They're first place, I think, right now, right? In the NFC West. What do you mean game managing? Because uh, like he's making some incredible throws. So like I, I think I I bristle a little bit about that term because the throws he's making the offense he's running is not just like he's not just game managing he's like leading this off this offense you're right but i mean he's got three games below 200 yards this year he's not you know he's not putting up like these joe burrow inflated passing numbers he's playing very well he's making the right throws and he's running the offense efficiently but that's not fully translating to his fantasy stats what i like about lawrence from a fantasy perspective is that while the Jags are kind of a mess, Lawrence is kind of delivering. He basically had one bad game against the Eagles where he had six points, which we've now learned the Eagles defense is elite. And it was if raining. Rem- and it was and like it was raining. raining. It fumbled four times. If you remove that one stinker versus Philadelphia, he's averaging 19 fantasy points per game, which puts him at sixth amongst quarterbacks. And like, this is, he's at half a year with, without Urban Meyer. I, I just think he's going to continue to get better. And I, I like his upside on the ground as well. I agree with that. I agree with Lawrence. I don't know why I have him ranked so low. This is one of those in-pod things where I'm like, probably should have had him a little higher. <laughs> uh, look, I know it's, it's when you look at his numbers, like he's kind of hasn't been that bad after that outside that one game. He's like the Rorschach test this year. Some people look at him and think he sucks, and I'm like, I think Lawrence is good. Like that last drive against the Giants, like they, they almost won that game. It's hard judging Lawrence because he has such high expectations and his draft stock was so high. So it's like, mm-hmm. I almost don't even know like which lens to view him through. Right. Speaking of not knowing what lens, 12th, we have Dak Prescott who, again, talk about a guy that you could have 7th or 17th because on one hand, Dak is back, and you're like, all right, first game, back, didn't play that well, whatever. Maybe he wasn't even 100% healthy. He'll get 100% healthy in the Cowboys offense. And I'm kind of like, man, it's just been a while since I was confident in Dak. Mm-hmm. And I also am just think this is a defensive team. I, I, I Actually, wait, I have this quote from, from Mike McCarthy I want to read. 
Because I McCarthy said a few weeks ago, this is a defensive first operation talking about the Cowboys. Fucking McCarthy. And I kind of, he's like, that's our strength. We identified that in the spring. And I'm like, even when Dak's 100% healthy, like, is he going to be slinging it for 400 yards? Feels super, super not going to happen. It's crazy how different Dak feels and the Cowboys offense feels um, than 2020 before he hurt his ankle when he was thrown for like 400 yards a game and they were like setting had, offensive records. He had almost 1,700 yards in four games. He had the most, he had three career highs in a row and he had the most yards of anybody ever in a four game span. And now like the defense like, like accidentally got really good. Like Micah Parsons really worked out. And now they're like this completely different. Uh, they have a completely different identity. And I have, I mean, I have him right here at 12th. We have him, our composite is 12th. I have him at 12th. Like Dak is a, a good, competent quarterback. He's probably better in real life than he is in fantasy right now. And he, maybe he's more of a game manager the rest of the way uh, than we, than he, than he maybe needs to be for his talent. DK, you're much higher on him than Craig and I. Do you think yeah. we're wrong? I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. I think he, I probably should have just flipped him and Lawrence to be totally honest. If I, if I could just in pod redo my ranks, but like, I think the reason I had him higher is just the confidence I have in him as a quarterback. I think he's going to be much better than he has been. I think obviously getting healthy is going to be a big factor. I think the Cowboys offense in general has kind of sputtered from the start. Like I, you know, obviously CD lamb kind of been hit or miss, but his, his underlying numbers are really strong. I think there's going to be an explosion here pretty soon with him. Um, you know, I think getting Gallup back and healthy is going to be a big deal, even though he's kind of started slow. I just, I don't know. I, to me, I'm, I think that the Cowboys offense is going to be better in the second half than it than it was in the first half. And I think I just trust Dak to kind of like get things together. So I think that was maybe just my uh, Prescott bias from seeing him do it over the years, I guess, is, is kind of working here in, in his favor. So, but I do agree that this is still, like you said, a defensive minded team. So that probably should have factored a little bit more heavily in my ranking. So, that's our top 12. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar, Joe Burrow, Kyler, Justin Herbert, Tua, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence, Dak. No Tom Brady. For you guys, I had him in there. He's 10th so for me. I Here's the thing with these rankings. So to just kind of keep going here, <laughs> we have Brady, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Stafford, Fields, Aaron Rodgers. You could also like flip these rankings and tell me that that's fine too. Like, I, I mean, the guys that we don't have outside the top 12, I... I in theory, we're probably nuts, DK and I, for not having Tom Brady high. And yet, the things people are t just you just kind of take a step back and you're like, people are wondering, is Tom Brady going to retire mid season? How is like, like the Todd Bowles, like we're in a dark place? And I'm like, would I, if I actually could only draft one quarterback for the rest of my season, I kind of can't imagine taking Tom Brady right now. All I hear every week is Craig every week being like, I can't believe I took Tom Brady the year after he retired. You know what I mean? It's like in, in theory, on paper, we should be taking him. Maybe he's a bylaw and I'm wrong, but I just can't do it. I mean, I hope Craig's right. I just don't have any confidence right now. Like I have, this, we. I think Craig and I had the same problem. We both bought into Tom Brady in the whatever twenty second season, the the one year he's bad, like in his entire career, um, and it's really affected my fantasy teams. I have him on two leagues, and I'm like, both of them fucking suck. So that's like a part of, part of the reason I like ranked him so low. I'm just like, I just don't want to have to freaking ride this ride anymore. Like, yeah, but his so, whole season is. I wish I wasn't wearing this fucking shirt. It and is. like, not only do you, not only do you wish that Brady wasn't on your team, Brady wishes he wasn't the, on his real life like the team. The vibes are insanely atrocious for it's the so right bad. Now. The vibes they're are in bad. a dark place, according to their head coach. But let me throw a couple things at you. One, Brady's not going to retire midseason. No. His legacy no, is on the line. If anything, 
I feel confident that Brady being the psycho that he is, is going to turn this around. The, the team is still extremely talented. I, there's With all of the weapons he has, they're still first in the division. I just think if I had to bet on any human being in sports to right the ship, it's Tom Brady. I agree with you. Here's the problem with Brady for me. Uh, they're playing the Ravens next week. Week 14, which is either like the last week, or sorry, week 13, they're playing the Saints, who he's basically never had a good game against, more or less. Playing the, uh, as a buck. They're playing the 49ers the week after that, who are like maybe the best defense in football. And like, who that's just got like destroyed the, by the Chiefs and are f super hurt. But yeah. There's, yes, they're super hurt, admittedly. Fair. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I know it, it's hard to talk defenses out, but it's like, I'm just looking at this and I'm like, man. I'm torn between every time in my entire life, literally, I've doubted Tom Brady had been wrong with, but he retired and didn't want to play on this team. And every like, and everyone on the team is openly discussing how bad everything is. And I just kind of keep coming back to like, they can't block. They can't run. They can't do anything. This is where leaders lead. It's time for Tom to step up and end his career on the right note. <laughs> well, on that note, Rogers too. So, I mean... We have Daniel Jones ahead of Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers, which is also like pretty insane. Are we just like passionate of the moment? Because that's pretty like out there. I mean, is it? <laughs> what 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 makes you confident in what the Packers are doing in the passing game right now? Unless they make a trade, I see no way out for Rodgers. I guess if they get DJ Moore, I'll feel differently. That ain't happening. I kept looking at this Famous and I was like, am words. I putting Daniel Jones in fantasy above like Derek Carr? And that seems crazy, but like, is that where we are? I mean, Daniel Jones... He's third in rushing yards per game at quarterback. He's he has more rushing yards per game than Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. That's it. That's all it is. He has. I mean, I, we still don't have him that high, but at least he gives you some type of floor and a competitive edge. And he's in every game, and he's close to winning. And Dayball's doing well. I just I like the vibes. And so I guess that's where I'm going big picture to kind of wrap this all together. It's like the first seven is like really easy, and you can put them in whatever order. It's like Josh Allen's obviously first. And then more or less, you're going to have Hertz, Mahomes, and Lamar in whatever order, Burrow. And then it's like Kyler and Herbert are probably six or seven. You could put those top seven guys in whatever order. I don't really care that much. And then after it, you could convince me, if we're talking about upside and rushing and floor, that Daniel Jones is ninth. And you could convince me he's 19th. And I feel that way like for so many guys. Brady maybe should be eighth in this list. But also, if you want to put him 16th, I don't care. And that's what we're talking about. Like the, the All these guys feel so inconsistent on a week-to-week -week basis. It just feels like a mishmash. Are we not going to discuss the most controversial ranking? On this board? What do we got here? <laughs> Craig has uh, Matt Stafford. What is it? Ninth? Oh, Stafford? You have Stafford yeah. ninth, and we have what's, him like... What's ninth. going on here? In the same way... Did you way talk that, to McVay? What's no, going on? <laughs> in the same way that I think Brady, being who he is, will right the ship, it has to get better for this Rams team. The Rams just won the Super Bowl. I know they're. I know the offensive line is in shambles. They just had a bye. I, they're getting healthier. Their center's coming back. Van Jefferson is coming back. Their cornerbacks are coming back. The NFC West is completely up for grabs right now. I trust McVay. They have the fourth easiest schedule rem remaining for quarterbacks. You're telling me Matt Stafford with Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, and Van Jefferson, and potentially Odell, Odell Beckham, who they're trying to, to sign. You're telling me he can't be a top 12 quarterback? The guy led the league in touchdowns last year. Yeah, I kind of do feel that way. Because here's the thing. Odell's not coming <laughs> you, you back. You guys have him 19th? He's averaging 10 points a game. He's like one of the worst quarterbacks in fantasy this year. You just dropped Allen Robinson. Odell, like those names mean anything. Allen Robinson more or less clearly seems cooked. And unless he comes out of the bye looking like a different NFL player, is meaningless. Odell is not playing till December. Like Odell has already basically put it out there that he's not going to return basically till the fantasy football season's over. And then I guess I look at the Rams and I think, if Cooper Cup doesn't play for whatever reason, 
I don't think the Rams could get, it feels impossible for the Rams to even get two touchdowns. You guys have Marcus Mariota over Matt Stafford. That's insane. He just no, won the fucking not. Super Bowl. It's absolutely not. Dude, we're halfway through the season. He's averaging 10 points a game. I trust McVay. They've been atrocious. I trust it. I, Sean they, they McVay's podcast producer believes in Sean McVay. <laughs> uh, Craig, I fucking hope you're right, man, because I have way too much Matt Stafford <laughs> across all my leagues. Uh, so yes, I hope that's true. This, te- this team is three and three, and they lost to the fucking Bills at the Niners and the Cowboys. I agree. It's just like, I guess put it this way. I feel like the Rams offense, as we have watched it with McVay for like basically five years, more or less... Always ebbs and flows with the offensive line. Offensive line is an absolute shambles, and they have less depth at receiver than they've probably ever had. Yes, Van Jefferson's coming back, but you're again, you're looking at all these quarterbacks. The floor for Stafford's lower than any of them, right? And it looks, and yes, he could bounce back, but what was ever, his ceiling ever to begin with? Like his ceiling on this team also just feels a lot lower because there is no run after the catch running back to dump it off to. It's like Daryl Henderson who can't break tackles. All these other guys, when they get in a shootout, I, I actually, yeah, sure, they could get me 30 points. Stafford at this point feels like the least likely. I, you could convince me after last night with Justin Fields having more designed runs than he's ever had in his career until last night that the ba- Justin Fields will be better than Stafford the rest of the season just based on upside of, of you know, Fields actually starts doing 12 carries a game. I'm the only one making takes here. You guys are storm chasing. You're just ranking whoever had 280 yards passing last week. <laughs> this isn't the take purge, man. We're <laughs> ranking our top 10 This is how I feel. It takes brass <laughs> balls to rank Matt Stafford in the top 10. He just won the Super Craig, Bowl, for Christ's sake. Sean McVay, Cooper Cup. You No, it takes balls to look Sean McVay in the eye and tell him I'm not taking your quarterback. You know what? Can we can we make a bet? You guys have him You guys have him 19th rest of season. Mm-hmm. Can we put money that he'll... I think he'll be in the top 18 the rest of the season. <laughs> I'll I'll give you odds. I'll give you two to one odds. Yeah, you better give us odds on that. Why? You ranked him there. That's what you think he's going to do. I think he's going to outscore Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones. All these losers that you have in front of Matt Stafford. (laughs) What What is happening here? (laughs) I just think this is crazy. They, They lost to the three best teams in the league. And they're on by, and it's a Sean McVay offense with Matt Stafford to Cooper Cup. And he's not even a top 18 quarterback now? I don't know. So wait, what's the bet? What's the bet? Heifetz, are you ducking away? Are you ducking out of this bet? No, I'm trying to look up with, I'm trying to counter you by trying to find out where Stafford even ranks at the position this year, which is... What, in QBR or something? What are you looking at, EPA? No, fantasy points. Oh, he's like 27th or something, I bet. No, he's he's 31st. He's below Zach Wilson. 31st. He's below Davis Mills. <laughs> he's below Matt Ryan, who just got benched. By the way, Matt Ryan got benched. He's below Taylor Heineke in average points per game, one game. I don't hear a reason why you guys aren't going to... You guys should actually be giving me odds then here, right? If he's I'll 31st. Give you, I'll give you top, outside the top 15. Why? You ranked him 19th. Because my whole point is that all these guys are interchangeable, and I'll admit I should have had him 18th at, ahead of Mariota. So then you should give me top 18. That's what you put him at. But no, because if he comes in 17th and I ranked him 18th, I'm spiritually like, Craig, not, if, he's, if he finishes top nine, you win the bet. How about that? Maybe let's middle it then. How's that? Nine or better, you win the bet. <laughs> No, because I'm the oh, one. Oh, you ranked him nine. What are you talking about? I'm taking the risk here. <laughs> we're both we're both putting how our money the, on the line. How are you taking the risk? Yeah. Because I'm the one making the bold claim. You're not. Let's split it. Let's split it. I said nine. You said eighteen. Let's go in the middle. Let's say top fourteen. Yeah, okay. over under fourteen and a half. Right. I, fourteen I'm, I'm and a half. I will take. He will finish better than fourteenth. Better than fourteen and a half. <laughs> All right. What are we okay. What are we doing here? <laughs> um. 
points per game we're talking? Uh, let's do this. Let's do, we'll never, I feel like nobody actually ever follows up on bets. How about like, you guys have to buy me a jersey of my choosing and vice versa or something like that. <laughs> All right. Put it in the Deal. notes app so we remember this. All right, there's our quarterback rankings. I honestly made that bet because I just wanted that conversation to end. All right, we're going to get to Tyler Dunn, who wrote a book maybe because we inspired it. But first, tackle millions in prizes all football season long in FanDuel Fantasy Contest. If you're new to fantasy, get in on the action right now with a $10 bonus for playing just $1 in fantasy on FanDuel. There are so many different game types to choose from. Full slate contests featuring multiple games, season-long best ball contests, and a single game showdowns. And when you win, you'll get paid fast. So whether it's Thursday night or right before a kickoff on Sunday, FanDuel always has contests available. Daily Fantasy this week, the Giants are playing the Seahawks. And as Craig said, Geno Smith, just a game manager. Actually, everyone's going to be on Daniel Jones. Take someone random and throw on your MVP. Take someone, everyone's going to have like lock it, put like Will Disley in your MVP. And then I'll have two touchdowns. And then you're going to win. Boom. Just download the FanDuel Fantasy app to get your $10 bonus now to start making every moment more. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus is issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right, now we are joined for a very special segment. We do not have guests very often, but we are joined now by Tyler Dunn, who wrote a great book about tight ends. It's The Blood and Guts. And Tyler, we have you here because they're in a very roundabout way, and like the most roundabout way possible. Your book kind of exists because of this podcast a little bit? That's what I've been told. I'm out of the loop myself a little bit. (laughs) Can we get a cut of the profits? Is that possible? Can we work that out? Yeah, to be clear, we're having you on our podcast so we can take credit for your (laughs) extremely awesome book. Uh, That's that's Absolutely not. You know, know, (laughs) Serafino entered the world right around the time that book deal was signed. So I hate to break it to you, fellas, but hey, paperwork is paperwork. (laughs) I was going to say, every other people that has like guests on their show, they're like, great job. And we're like, wow, pat on the back for us. Like, am I right? (laughs) No, but so... It's (laughs) well-deserved. So the weird story is, so uh, Sean, who is uh, part of the the publisher who involved in the making of this book, apparently, shout out Sean, listens to our show. The best of the best. Great guy. Fantastic. And a year or two ago, I forget when, there was this whole argument online about whether five LeBrons would beat like five Michael Jordans. And people were like playing that on like 2K. And so we had an argument on the show. If you had a basically clone a player, if you could have 11 of one player to play a football game, who would you pick? And we immediately were like, you have to pick a tight end. Yeah. 
Because tight ends are like most the versatile. essence of football. They're like yeah. the most football football players. They're like DNs mixed with wide receivers. And tackles. So apparently Sean was listening and was like, wow, tight ends are like the essence of football. We should have a tight end book. And then now you have a tight end book. And I guess that's how the world works. <laughs> Our stupid conversation of like six minutes. And then you did the year and a half of work. And like, so we kind of like have an equal share in this whole thing. <laughs> I'm not going to deny it. I, I love it. It's true. And I think this, if you don't believe in, in a God, or at least, you know, the football gods, you do now because, hey, I, I, I'm an old soul. I, I love the tight end. You got to do it all. You got to roll up the sleeves, kick a little ass. And uh, it, it absolutely is the sport, like in one position, you have to do literally everything. And it's you know, from Dicka to Kittle. It's the, the, the same guy in many regards. It is a really cool book. So you were kind enough to send me an advanced copy a few months ago and it's kind of great. You just kind of like go to Mike Dick's golf club and just like, he's, I don't know he's smoking a cigar at like 10 in the morning and just telling you stories about like crush. <laughs> it's just like really cool. And just kind of go tight end by tight end. <laughs> uh, so I want, and you kind of really tell the story of Mike Ditka through Gronkowski. So I want to ask you the original question that spawned all this. If you had to win a football game, but you could only have 11 of like the same person, you had to clone a person, which tight end are you cloning? Like who is the play player you want to play football with? It, it's gotta be Rob Gronkowski, right? It's, it, it, it's the dude here in Buffalo, New York, who is just bashing his brothers since he can remember. And, <laughs> you know, Chris is just giving him a shot into the bathroom. He hits his head on the bathtub and, you know, they think he just might be dead. They, they don't know if he's even conscious or not. <laughs> and then so Chris sits back down and then here comes Rob back for more, you know, wailing away. I mean, it's that lifestyle that he has lived his entire life. I mean, you could go 11 Jeremy Shockey's because that was Rob's idol. You know, he wanted Ooh. to live hard, party hard like Jeremy Shockey. So that it might be close between, between those two. Uh, but absolutely. I, I think you got to go Gronk. Not Taysom Hill. <laughs> Tim Tebow is he in the mix? I don't know. Ooh, does he count? <laughs> yet? No, he's not in the book. I promise you, Tim Tebow is not in the book. <laughs> don't worry. You did mention in the book though that Gronk was talking about the last wave of like getting cool partying in, where you could do whatever you wanted and it wouldn't make it to social media. Do you have any stories you want to share about Rob Gronk that totally won't get him in trouble? You know, he did talk about an epic party that was called Ratio. And he just started giggling like a schoolgirl and said, I'll let you, you know, figure that out. I couldn't get teammates to talk about it. I think if you do the math, hmm. probably a lot of females, probably more than male. But the one party that I did get a little detail on was after the 2014 AFC Championship game, I believe, right? Yeah, they, when they crushed the Colts and then Deflategate broke out. Well, they partied their asses off after that game. And uh, James Devlin, the fullback, has this funny story of being there with his wife and there's strobe lights, there's a DJ, there's there's players there, but there's a lot of dudes that he he's never seen in his life. He <laughs> thinks that this, this was somebody from Buffalo, not a Gronk brother, but somebody just came right up to his wife and starts doing the Steve-O, like the... Yeah. <laughs> And, grind, oh and he kind of looks at him like, get the hell out of here. This mean mugs him. Um, that, that was, I mean, when Gronk was at his peak, he was, you know, just crushing souls like, like Sergio Brown. I mean, I love their rivalry. It just spans several years up to the point where he kicks him out of the club. And, and Sergio Brown's still pissed about it. He still wishes he went um, West side Chicago on that mother effer in his words and didn't just take it. <laughs> <laughs> to uh to, to 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 the party lifestyle um and honestly I don't, I don't mean to ramble on and on about Gronk's party because we, we could do it all hour <laughs> he insists to this day that 
the partying um, helped him as a player. You know, it's not like us. He's not just downing, you know, five, six IPAs or 12, 13, you know, bush lattes. He's going vodka water. He's dancing his ass off. He's moving it. He said his friends told him it looked like he was having a seizure. He thought it looked good, uh, but he's getting a workout. Getting his cardio in. And that, <laughs> he is. And then he feels guilty the next day. So he does P90X and sanity workouts with his brother. So you, you, you kind of have it at both ends. Maybe Kyle Pitts sucks because he's not partying enough. Maybe that's the problem. You know, I just talked to Kyle Pitts last week. I, I should have asked him that. You know, I, I, I think he's going to be good. Don't give up on Kyle Pitts. Did you did you talk to Ditka at all about Kyle Pitts? Like how, you know, Dick obviously set the tight end record for receiving yards way, way, way back when. I wonder how he feels about like Kyle Pitts being like the first guy that even got closer. Obviously, like they played a different number of games, so it's just not quite the same. But um, did you ask him about Kyle Pitts at all? You know, not Kyle Pitts uh, specifically, but we did talk about like athletic tight ends today. Like what's Mike Ditka's take on all these, you know, these dubious ruffians running around, you know, celebrating showboat. He doesn't <laughs> like it. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> right? Mike Ditka doesn't like all these showboaters, but um, he, he does He does like their play style. I mean, he, he does like the fact that tight ends are just doing ridiculous things down the field that he couldn't even think about doing. And, and he, he's unbelievably humble, Ditka that is. And, but he did make a point to say, like, nobody was as tough as me which is absolutely true. I mean, he played an entire season basically with one arm. You know, he separates his shoulder, throws a harness on, and figures out a way to, like, corral the ball with one and a half arms. And there, it was a different time. I get I get it. The guy's trying to tackle Dicka and Mackie. It is kind of funny to look back and see, like, they, they almost look like they're, like, like, shoemakers and they're delivering your milk, you know, during the week. They don't look like professional football players, some of them. But – it was a lawless time. I don't want to be ignorant, you know, and, and just oblivious to what football was like in the sixties. He, he's getting clotheslined by Ray Nitschke. You know, that, right, that, that right. is a tackle. So it was a different era and he, he deserves credit for being that just that apex predator, right? Just the top mm. of the food chain and just making football football right when it was passing baseball is kind of like the number one sport in America. Tyler, it is, a, that was a different era. And now we're in a new era where, we play fantasy football and not to get existential on you, but every week we more or less are like, Oh my God, what freaking awful tight end do we have to throw in our fantasy lineup this week? Because like, it's like you have Travis Kelsey, or Mark Andrews, you're set. And if you have Dallas got it, sure. And then everyone else is like, Oh my God, I have to stream Hayden Hurst, which is awful. And I am curious. One, we play a game here called uh, two tight ends and a lie. And I was going to ask, do you mind if I read you the name of three tight ends? And one of them is not real. And you have to guess which one is real. I like it. Bring it on. Yeah, two are real. One is not. Parker Hesse, Jack Stoll, Colby Parkinson. Jack Stoll is the lie. They're all real. <laughs> <laughs> the trick questions. Man alive. Needless to say, Jack didn't make the book. He didn't make there the book. Go. I just, it sounded like Gunnar Stahl, like from D2, you know? I just, I thought you were pulling like a Mighty Ducks character from Iceland or something. I've never yes. heard of Jack Stahl. That's not real. Tyler, do you have thoughts on if we should even keep the fantasy tight end position in fantasy football? Should we just get rid of it and just mold that right into wide receiver? Half these guys don't even look like tight ends anyway. I think you still need that position. I played fantasy my whole life. So I, I definitely remember the time when it all was lumped together and, you know, we're getting the USA Today on on Monday to add it all up, right? It's it has evolved. And I think in the best possible ways, I still think like the best tight ends 
they are blocking and, and like George Kittle, you know, obviously he's the gold standard today. Granted, like he's, he's not in line blocking, but the way he describes himself in that offense is he's kind of like this, 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 this roaming offensive tackle in a way that's diabolically put in these positions by Kyle Shanahan to, to crush you at this, at this angle where you're blindsided, you don't see it coming. And this lane develops like that's to the extreme. I think every team still seeks, an element of that. Like you can use a tight end as a weapon, as a blocker within a creative offense. So yeah, I think that obviously all the tight ends of today are athletic freaks. They're, they're not in line grunners that, that Mike Malarkey would, would love, you know, back in his heyday with the Steelers. Uh, but you, you better have one. Like you better, you better have that athletic tight end to open up your playbook. And if you don't, you better be looking for one or you're going to be fired because I, I still think it's unbelievably valuable. I know the numbers don't bear it out this season. It's I'm with you. It's kind of weird to see like who we're plugging into our fantasy lineups, but it strikes me as more as like a, the strangeness to the start of this 2022 season, than this wide scale, like trend of tight ends being minimized. Of course I did write a book all about tight ends too. So I'm a little biased. On that front. <laughs> it sounds like points per block would solve all of this. Ooh, pancakes, right? Yeah, point per PPP, and then people can game the system. So there we I go. I love it. Wait, That'll work. I right. mean, why can't we figure that out with technology? I think we've solved it. All right. There that's it perfect. All right. Tyler, uh, where can people find your book? It's The Blood and Guts. Where can people buy it? I think we all live on Amazon, right? So I they just <laughs> pop on Amazon, hardcover, Kindle, Audible. Um, you'll hear, if you go the Audible route, it'll be a voice much better than this one. He's got a very blood and gutsy voice, Alan Carson does. Uh, but wherever books are sold, it was it was so much fun. I mean, if you're going to tell me I'm going to be hanging out at a bar with Jeremy Shockey talking about bar fights and, you know, drinking dozens of beers at the Guinness factory in Ireland, I, I would have told you you're nuts. So uh, to just kind of travel the country, seek the soul of the sport. It was it was awesome. It had a lot of it was a lot of work. But I tell you what, man, it was a lot of fun. I'm super excited to read it. man. And then when you write the. Uh... The, the second edition, you can also throw in like, can't believe I got to drink beers with Jeremy Shockey. Can't believe I wrote a book because these like idiots talked about like Taysom Hill on a podcast. What if there were 11 George Kittles? And like, there you go. Look, who would have who thought we'd be here now? Look at us. And I look forward to Jack Stoll being the subject of there the we <laughs> Jack Stoll, the biography. <laughs> Perfect. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. And th- th- thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Tyler, you want to name a band? Oh my God, I should have been prepared. I love the show. How do I, how do I have one in the holster? It's harder than it seems. I mean, hmm. how about this? How about, how about Bon Iver? Because that's what I listened to when I wrote this book. You know, I know it's not ACDC, but when I write, I just plug in Justin Vernon and that's what gets me through all this long form. So thanks Bon Iver. Your beard, your beard has got Bon Iver vibes too. Yeah, it does. I know, right, right. I, I'm not a wuss. I, I mean, I guess I'm kind of a wuss, but I do, I do love that music. It's, it's rhythmic, it's soothing, <laughs> it's calming. Um, so yeah, Bodie Bear definitely helped produce the blood and guts. Believe it or not. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you, man. Hey, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. <laughs>